it's Gloria, and welcome to Season 5, Episode 1 of Independent. Hope you all had a relaxing and restful summer. I know I sure did. Today, I'm joined by Shay Aznani, who is a Toronto-based realtor. We will be chatting about Shay's career journey and how he became a real estate agent, and all about how a realtor can help you find your dream home. This episode had so much great content that I had to split it into two parts. So catch you back here next week. Hope you enjoy. I am here today with Shay Asnani, who is a Toronto realtor. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Honestly, it's uh, it's really cool to be on this podcast with you. And first off, I'm going to start off by saying that I am sorry for how many times we've had to reschedule this. No worries. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a busy few weeks, um, but I'm really glad that we're doing this today. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name's Shay. I'm a real estate agent in Toronto. Um, I've lived downtown for about eight years. Um, And I've been a real estate agent for about four of those years. So yeah, I work in Toronto and other parts of the GTA uh, doing buying, selling and renting. Awesome. And what is your relationship with money? That's a good question because it's actually something that's changed a lot over the years for me. When I was younger, um, when I was in university, I think I had a lot more of a a scarcity mindset when it came to money. And I I felt like I had to save money. I felt reluctant to spend money. But over the years, I've kind of developed more of an abundance mindset, you know, and that's come from books I've read, listening to podcasts, um, a lot of influence from my girlfriend and the kinds of books and things that she reads. And so I've developed this sort of belief that money is like this energy and wealth is like this energy that kind of flows. It flows out, it flows in. And that's really changed how I see money and my relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I think having an abundance mindset is definitely a good mindset to have. And going forward, it'll help you have a better relationship with money and make it easier to do a lot of things. Yeah. I I also, I read um, Ramit Sethi's book, uh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. I don't know if you've read that. I've heard of it. Yeah. And so one thing that he says in the book is he he talks about sort of spending joyfully or kind of lovingly on the things that make you happy and that you love, but also things that don't really, that you don't really care about, like just cutting mercilessly down on those things. You know, like that's, that's where you cut your spending on those things that you don't really need or don't really care about as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just being okay with spending on the things that you want, right. Instead of like feeling guilty, because I've definitely had those feelings before where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be spending on this. Yeah, totally. Like he talks about like how people will spend $3 on coffee every day and people will guilt you for that. And, and like, they'll, they'll talk about how, like, why are you buying, you know, your, your $5 Americano every day. And he talks about how if that's the thing that makes you happy, then like, then do it. But then recognize that those, you know, there's there's other areas of your life that you can probably compromise on. Spend that five dollars. Like you're like that's that's a small decision to spend five dollars a day in the grand scheme of things. If you're, you know, if the other sort of areas of your life are are like your money is allocated how you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it all comes down to spending within your means for sure. And the way that you allocate your money is definitely up to your personal preference. 100%. 
So today's topic is how a realtor can help you find your dream home. I'm very excited to chat with you about this. So why don't we take it a bit back and talk about how you became a realtor because this was not your first career, right? No. Um, so I actually went to school for film. Um, you know, I did that for four years. I went to Ryerson Film School and I realized after I got out that working in the film industry wasn't really for me. Um, it's not that I didn't like it. Um, I still am really passionate about film and writing is something that I, you know, really enjoy doing and I haven't had time lately, but, you know, want to continue to do. Um, but I realized that the sort of long hours, uh, the little turnaround between days, um, it just wasn't really conducive, like being on set to the to the work-life balance that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was actually working at the Apple store um, as a technician. And uh, my mom had suggested to me that I get my real estate license. And the intention was really just for it to be um, for our sort of family, just for like our own sort of personal real estate needs. Um, and for her, like she, so my parents, they own a small business and they, they deal with a lot of interior designers and contractors. And through that, they heard of, and and got to know real estate agents who are doing really well with property flipping. And so, you know, my mom was like, you know, we, we could totally do that too. Um, we just need someone with a real estate license to, to kind of, make that a thing for us. And so I I ended up getting my license. And from there, again, it was really just meant to be a a thing just for us. But then two of my buddies who you actually know, Sunny and Raj, they were looking for a place to rent and they they asked if I could help out. and, And I did. And then I really fell in love with that process of showing homes and, and just helping people find a home because really it's, it's one of the most finding a new home is one of the most important decisions that we make as people. Um, it's one of the biggest financial transactions that a lot of people will make in their life. And I just really, you know, became enamored with that whole process of of finding a home and and getting people from like start to finish. And so things just kind of took off from there and it, it kind of grew from there. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's awesome that you're able to find something that you really like and is able to give you the work-life balance that you want as well. Yeah, 100%. My next question for you is what exactly does a realtor or real estate agent do for you? So a real estate agent, I mean, the simplest way of putting it is your representative when you're buying or selling or renting. And and that means that they're really taking you from the very beginning stages of, okay, you're going to list your home or you're going to, you're going to purchase a home. So these are the steps that you need to take to make that happen. And then you're just kind of you're taking that client through every step of the process really, you know? So if you're on the buying side, okay. So maybe if you don't have a mortgage broker already, I might connect you with a mortgage broker so that you can get a pre-approval done. Because one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that it doesn't really make sense to go out shopping for a home unless you've had a mortgage pre-approval done. Um, On the buying side, it's really important to, oh, wait, I just said that. (laughs) Seller side is what I meant to say next. in its simplest form, a real estate agent is your representative when you're buying, selling, or leasing a home. And, and really what that means is we're there with you through every step of the process in, in making that transaction happen. Uh, we're there to answer all the questions you have. We're there to facilitate all the paperwork because there is a ton of paperwork when it comes to, to buying and selling. 
Um, and, and we're really just there to guide you through that whole process and make sure that it goes smoothly and that it's as stress-free as possible for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I can imagine, especially in the real estate market now, it can be very stressful to try to buy a place because I've had some coworkers who are looking to buy a home and they've put down offers on like numerous places. We're not able to get it. And then finally, I think it was probably like the 15th or 16th one. I don't know. Like it was just a lot. And I was just thinking about how stressful that could be. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, the market is crazy right now. We're, we're seeing not very much inventory, but there's so many buyers out there. And so this is what happens, right? You have all of these properties that are listed low, they're holding an offer date, maybe a week later. And so you have all these people that are making blind offers on a property. And then you have buyers that are maybe losing out on like your friends, like up to 10 or more properties until they kind of win that bidding war process. What is a blind offer? So blind offers meaning that when you're making an offer on a home, you don't know what the price that anyone else has offered is, right? So they're like legally the agent that's listed the home, they can't disclose to any of the buyer's agents what the price is of those other offers. So that's why, you know, like, let's say, for example, you have a, a condo that's been listed low at 500,000 offers are a week later. Um, you're really just going off your instincts, um, your, your agent's research in terms of what comparable homes in the area have sold for. And ultimately, the most that you're willing to pay for before you would rather just walk away. True. So why should people work with a realtor? How would it be if, for example, I wanted to go and like just rent a place on my own without having a realtor help me find something? So I, I think that in this day and age, when people have such in-depth access to property listings online, you know, with sites like condos.ca, realtor.ca, um, Zolo, House Sigma, all of these sites that have all the information that we as agents can look at, including property history. I think that a realtor's true value is in their ability to take someone through that process of buying, selling, or renting in the most seamless way possible. You're working with a realtor because that individual has knowledge of the process, the expertise and experience to to guide you through, again, what is often one of the biggest decisions that, that people make in their life. So it's, it's that value in terms of knowledge and expertise that an agent should hopefully be bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that there's probably a lot of things that are small details that people may not necessarily know. For example, like if there's like rules or bylaws. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's... Uh, all kinds of stories that I could tell you, but like a good example, you mentioned bylaws is a lot of condos have bylaws restricting pets. So you might be allowed to have a dog, but maybe that particular building doesn't allow dogs above 70 pounds, you know? And so these are all like little things that you have to take into consideration because if you offer on a property and it, that deal goes through and you've got, you know, a 90 pound mountain dog or something like that, you know, that's, that's a big problem. And so these are, these are things that are really important to consider. Yeah, for sure. So on the buying side, how can a realtor help you find your dream home? So, you know, these days I think that getting a home is more of like a, or like when you're a buyer, particularly, I think it's 
really become a tag team effort in terms of finding that home again because of all these websites where you know you're, you're they're constantly updating and you as a buyer can go and, and look online yourself um you know so it, it's a tag team effort in terms of finding it and it's it's actually really it's it's fun and it's i think it's really cool how accessible it's become to the to the general consumer to go shopping for homes online i think that having all that information online really empowers buyers to understand the market um, to see what other types of homes are out there so they have some perspective on what they're looking at um, and so again I think a realtor's value then comes into sifting through these listings and, and finding the right match for your client because a big part of what we do really is it, it we're matchmakers in a sense um, you know we have to bring that knowledge of a particular area or if it's a condo that particular building because i've had clients that have sent me listings and buildings and like oh this looks really cool and i kind of have to say i know this building and this building does not have a good reputation um so it's it's we have to deliver on that that guidance being able to guide them through the process and, and guide them to finding that that right fit um but in terms of finding a home i think a really good realtor will also have good relationships with other agents um, so that you can potentially show your client listings that may not have hit the market yet. Like maybe it's a listing that's coming soon um, that someone you know is listing or some agents just have properties that are exclusively listed with them. So they're not on MLS, they're not online and they're just kind of shown privately through different realtors. Um, so it's really cool. That's a really cool way to to find your clients something unique. Yeah. So there's uh, definitely an advantage in having someone behind the scenes and being able to give you access to things that are not necessarily online. And what about on the selling side? How can a realtor help you when you're selling your home? There's a lot of components that go into that. I mean, I, like everything from staging, which I, I think is super important to really incredible photography. Uh, these days, virtual tours have become really important, but right down to like the little tiny descriptions that we as agents write on MLS that have, you know, very small character count limits. So it's about like really fine tuning it to get key information in there that's going to make someone interested in, in coming to look at the, the property. But um, ultimately, what I think is that I like to look at it as you're not just selling a home, you're selling the feeling that that particular home can bring you, the memories that someone can make there. Ultimately, you're, you're convincing someone that a custom-made suit that was sewn for somebody else can kind of be hemmed or stitched to fit what you need out of a home. Um, and I think that's like a really important piece on the selling side is being able to present your home in that way, that, that other people can visualize themselves in it, living there, loving it, making memories, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's you that actually does the photography and staging and all that. A lot of agents will do it differently, but most agents will include staging or photography as sort of part of their services. I shouldn't say most. I mean, again, every agent does it differently, but I, for example, you know, would include staging photography by a real estate photographer that I trust, video, that kind of thing. Because ultimately that's a big part of your job as a realtor on the on the selling side is, is your marketing. You're a marketer. You're trying to get this property out there and show it in the best possible way. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. That's good to know. What do people need to know before buying or selling their home? I know this is probably a very long ended question. So maybe like a couple of highlights. Yeah, sure. We, we'll, we'll break it down again. Like we've been doing just like buying side versus selling side. 
So I think on the buying side, we mentioned this earlier, the first thing that you really have to do before you go out and start shopping for a home is get a mortgage pre-approval done. Um, because it's just, it's so important to know the facts of the budget that you're working with before you actually go out there and start looking at places. Because you could be looking at places that are under what you could afford. They could be way above what you could afford too. So it's really important to know what your your approved purchase price is. But beyond that, I think it's also important for buyers to understand that there's costs that they may not be thinking of when they're looking to buy a home. Closing costs are a really big cost that you have to take into account when you're looking to buy a home. And so we have things like you know land transfer taxes, lawyer fees, um, utility hookup costs when you're when you're actually moving in to have like your you know your gas, your hydro, all those things connected. And so generally with that, that's something that I recommend people budget about three to 4% of the purchase price of the house for, you know, on top of, you know, whatever you save for your down payment and whatever amount of money that, um, that you're going to be getting from your, your mortgage lender. Mm -hmm. So pre-approval. So that is basically going to a mortgage broker or your bank to have them assess like your current net worth situation to see how much you can afford to take on in terms of a mortgage. Exactly. I like that. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, basically they're looking at your complete financial situation. They're looking at your credit score, employment, all those things, any other loans that you may currently have. For example, if you know, if you've got a car that you're also paying off, like all these all these things, it's really your complete financial picture. Um, they play uh, factors into how much money that the bank is or, or mortgage lender, if it's a private lender, um, is going to be willing to give you. And so whatever that amount is, plus whatever down payment you have saved up, those two things together basically equal what your purchase price is. You know, that that's basically what you're approved for. It's a combination of the, the mortgage and the down payment. But then closing costs are on top of that. So those are sort of things you want to separate out. You want to separate out those funds um, because those will be due when your home closes. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. And then, yeah, the selling side. Yeah, so I mean, on the selling side, it's really about getting the home ready to be listed. Um, so in a lot of cases, that can mean major decluttering. It can mean, you know, taking down all your personal pictures off the walls. It could mean doing minor renovations, um, you know, such as a paint job or something like that. Because at the end of the day, buyers, they, they notice little things. You know, if you have a moldy shower, um, you know, if the, if the caulking is moldy, that's going to be a huge turnoff for people. And they, you know, may see that as indicative of maybe this home's not that well maintained. Maybe this is a home that's going to um, you know, they, it, it might scare them into thinking that this is a home that could potentially have future issues if it isn't being taken care of right now. So you really want to get the home into the best showing condition possible. Um, and then ideally as a seller too, like I, this isn't always possible, but typically you want the house to be vacant during the time that you're selling it. So, you know, if you have someone that you can go stay with, um, you know, for, for a few weeks or, I mean, you know, hopefully a week if your house sells quickly. Um, but just so that when other agents are coming through with their clients, they, you know, it just, there's, there's an extra comfort when the house is, is vacant and um, just being able to comfortably walk around, look at things, you know, really imagine yourself in that space. And what about with renting a place? Like what do people need to know before renting or renting out? Um, so for renters, I think that a lot of people 
I've noticed a lot of people don't know that working with a real estate agent is actually free as a renter um, because the landlord is actually the one who pays the commission to both agents. So um, when it comes to renting, the, the landlord hires an agent, they put up the listing um, and the typical rate for real estate commissions and renting is one month's rent. And so that gets charged to the landlord and Basically, the two agents, so the the listing agent, who's the landlord's representative, and the tenant's agent, they split that once the deal closes. So that one month gets split in half, and that's the commission for both sides. And so for a tenant, there's, there's no fees associated there. And the real benefit is that you have someone who's on your side, they're representing you, they're, pre- they're protecting your interests in the paperwork for the, the lease, and they're, they're just making sure that that process goes smoothly for you. They're arranging showings um, and they're letting you know what documents you need. And, and, and so I'll just, I'll touch on that now. Like when you're, when you're looking to rent, it's, it's really important that you have your rental documents ready to go. Um, And so that means an employment letter, um, full credit reports, two recent pay stubs, ideally references from previous landlords, if you have them. Um, And also you need the funds to pay first and last down. Um, And so, yeah, it's 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 something that's overlooked that that it's actually free to work with an agent as a tenant. It's a it's a really beneficial thing I think for renters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good tip. I think a lot of people can definitely benefit from that instead of just you know looking online themselves, looking through I don't know Craigslist. Well, that's the thing, right? And I mean, you see so you see and hear so much about people getting scammed from Craigslist listings or Kijiji listings, where you have these people that are are asking for. Um, you know, deposits in cash or, oh, you can't actually see the property until like you've sent me your SIN card or like all these like, you know, really private documents and and people do it, right? Because they don't know better. Um, I I can't even tell you how many times I've heard of people losing money because they were um, victim to rental scams. And so the good thing about working with an agent is, I mean, you know that the properties that you're going to see they're legitimate properties that are, you know, owned by the owner that's listed and they're, um, you know, it's, it's safe to provide your documents to these agents who treat them confidentially and um, who are ultimately going to ensure that, you know, when you submit that deposit, that it gets in the right hands, that everything is documented properly so that you're safe. Yeah. And I think that's a really important piece because, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be losing money on these rental scams. And a lot of people think that they might be too smart for them. But then, you know, when it comes down to it, it could happen to anyone. Absolutely. Like I I even see it like, you know, I'm part of some rental Facebook groups and I I see like people will post warnings of, uh, you know, Facebook profiles and say, this person scammed me, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, I submitted the deposit and then I never heard from them again. You know, and oh it's, gosh. it's, it's terrible, right? I mean, like it's first and last is, is not an insignificant amount of money. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that's two months of you living in a home. And it's just like, when it disappears like that, it, you know, when I hear stories like that, it really, it really breaks my heart. Um, and so that's why um, I, I really do love working with renters. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a great way to start as an agent. It's a really great way to start a relationship with someone off early. Uh, because I've had renters who, you know, I found places with a few years ago who have then come back and said, hey, I'm ready to buy now. And so then we awesome. kind of, you know, we we grow with them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good. It's a really good relationship builder for sure. Yeah. What are some common misconceptions on realtors? It's a good one. I, I think that there's a lot of people that assume that real estate agents are 
scammy or greedy, money hungry is is a common one I hear, or or that they're just in it to kind of rush through homes and get paid. And don't get me wrong, there are real estate agents that are out there that are like that, but it really is a matter of finding an agent that has your best interests at heart and just wants you to find a home that you love. I often have even other agents ask me how I can be so patient with some of my clients who I, who you know I may have been showing properties to for a very long time. Um, and, and my response to that is always that you know if I make someone feel pressured or rushed into to picking a home, there's no chance that they're going to feel comfortable recommending me to somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's referrals are such a huge part of my business, and I, I really do believe that that comes down to the fact that I treat people like they're my friends. You know, like I, I treat my clients like they're they're my friends or my family. We we go out and look at property together. It's it's fun. You know, it's it's an exciting thing. I try to bring that excitement to to every showing that I do. You know, when I when I used to work at the Apple Store, you know, and if if I was selling an iPhone, they used to tell us like to treat every iPhone that you sell as a really exciting thing, because for that person, they may have saved up a lot of money all year for that new phone that just cost them $1,500 or whatever it is. Right. And so at the Apple store, it's so easy to become desensitized to just like, you know, when you're selling like 30 phones a day, you become desensitized to that. Right. And and that was, that's something that really connected with me. Like that idea of bringing that same sort of excitement and and passion every time, because people are coming from all kinds of different places. And so if you can um, make that process more exciting for them and and, and really just like share in that joy with them, I think that that really, I just think it makes a huge difference. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that people will always remember the way that you treat them. So how do you choose a realtor that's right for you when there's so many real estate agents out there? And I think you you did mention that referrals are a really important part of your business. So that, that can be a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always recommend to people when they're looking to work with an agent that they start with their friends and family. Um, and they ask them if, if the agent that they worked with when they were buying or selling or renting um, was valuable to them. Um, I think that's a really good place to start if you can if you can get uh, a referral from somebody who has actually used that person and knows that they do good work. Um, I think that's a great place to start. Now, if you don't, you know, if you don't know anyone who knows a real estate agent, then uh, I would, you know, start start looking online. I think that um, there are a lot of agents who might uh, specialize in a particular area that you're looking in, so they might have an online presence kind of associated with that area. Um, you know, Google reviews, rate my agent. There are resources online where you can look agents up. Um, so, you know, I've had people reach out to me through Google because I've got a bunch of really good Google reviews. Um, and so that's that's a good place to look as well. Um, but there are so many agents in Ontario that I almost guarantee you that if you ask friends or families, you'll be able to get a few names. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And do you have any tips and tricks for buying or selling a home that may be surprising to listeners? I mean, when it comes to selling, there's there's like the the age old tip of uh, baking a fresh batch of cookies in the house. Uh, I have, I have, yeah, I've done it, um, and I mean, it's great. It makes the house smell great, and it gives you like this sort of warm feeling um, if you're on the buying side. Um, particularly if you're in a market like right now where there's not a lot of opportunity out there, there's not a lot of listings. One thing that can sometimes be useful 
is to to look at MLS history of properties that were not sold um, in in previous months. So maybe it was something that was listed. And then maybe they didn't get the kind of offers they were looking for or something changed. Um, And this is something your realtor would have to do, but you could have them look at properties that basically went off market without actually selling. And then, you know, maybe have them reach out to find out if maybe, hey, maybe they're interested in selling now, you know, try, try and connect with the agent that was representing the property before and maybe get a little bit more information and see if that's something that could be a thing now. Mm-hmm. Does this happen a lot? Because wouldn't a house just be like on the market for a while if it doesn't like for some reason doesn't get sold? Like it would just stay listed? It, it could be. I mean, it could be that the sellers just like got fed up with it being up and then just were like, ah, we'll try again later kind of thing. Like I've, I've definitely seen that happen where maybe someone tried to list their property in a slower market. Um, things didn't go as expected. Maybe they did get some offers, but not quite as much in, you know, that they were hoping for, um, like in terms of price. And so they might say, okay, let's, uh, you know, maybe we'll take it down right now. Maybe we'll try again in spring, see what kind of, what, what kind of offers we get. Right. Cause it really just comes down to how motivated that seller is. Like if that person isn't buying another home and they really have no immediate reason that they need to move, um, then that's, that's something that, you know, can be looked at. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's that's definitely good to know. And that is all the time that we have for this week. Please tune in again next week where we get into some specific questions that you might want to ask a realtor, like bully offers, offer night etiquette, traditional real estate agents versus flat fee ones or discount brokerages and so much more. As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.